Welcome to The Center and the Saint. I'm Allison Kane. And I'm Melissa Bell. And today we're talking about things that Christians say that are not actually in the Bible. And I think there are a lot of people that use them and they don't know oh, that absolutely. they're in the, I mean, that have been in the church for a long time and they've just said them and they just have accepted that they're somewhere in scripture, but have never taken the time to really look into it, which is another great reason to read the Bible. Yeah. If you needed another one. <laughs> <laughs> so number one, money is the root of all evil. Oh gosh. My husband and I were just talking about, it's always war and trouble always comes down to Money, sex, and power, right? Mm -hmm. But money is not the root of all evil. It is the love of money that people have um, that we get confused. So 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and by craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. It takes a lot, right? So you get a little and you want a little bit more because you can have a bigger house, you can have a nice boat, you can have a vacation home. I think that is where the bad part comes because all that detracts you from what you're supposed to be doing in the world. Absolutely. I mean, we've the town that I grew up in, there have even been church secretaries who have been you know, charged with embezzling because money took such a, you know, t- such hold of them mm. in their hearts. Um and it became an obsession or an idol or whatever, that they began to steal from the actual church itself. Oh. Right. Yeah. So that also goes back to our point that we talked about for weeks. Just because you're in the church or work there doesn't mean that you always make the right decisions. Right. <laughs> How about this too shall pass? Mm. Gosh. Have you ever had somebody say that when you're in the thick of something? Oh, this too shall pass. Oh, yeah, it makes me feel so good. I'm like, Do you just oh, want to punch them in the face? Yes. <laughs> I definitely don't sleep better because they told me that. I know. And, you know, in all honesty and in all fairness, I think there's so many times that we say things as people when people others are hurting. And we say it because we don't like to see people that we know in pain and hurting. So we'll very casually throw out these little you know, cliches or little snippets that we have heard our whole lives, Uh but they really don't do anything. Well, and the truth is, I think we're afraid to have to explain our God. There's that. But that's a whole other topic. It is. That's another podcast. We're also afraid of getting down into the emotions and the sadness with people. Mm -hmm. We know we can't fix it. That, you know, goes back to, hey, we can't, but God can. I'll pray for you. (laughs) If you joined us last week, there's a there's a pun in that. But um, so what does the Bible really say about that? Right. So it actually it's gotten confused with the phrase "it came to pass," and that appears over like 400 times in the King James version. Oh, I've never read that version. Oh, I know. I have such a hard time with that one. but it comes from Second Corinthians four seventeen, where it says, "For our momentary." affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory which you know that that doesn't say (laughs) this too shall pass what it is saying is in comparison if you're looking at the big picture Mm -hmm. like eternal life yeah versus this 
what you're going through right now Mm -hmm. is really nothing. But who can do that? Is that kind of like um, your glory is in heaven or your treasure is in heaven? Oh, yeah. Store up your treasures in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Where thieves and rust and moth cannot destroy. That's actually in the scripture, though. That is. That is. (laughs) But I I always say... um, Oh, you know, because we don't get paid a lot in ministry. And I was like, oh, I'm just working for glory dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's what I say. When people are like, oh, you know, they always want to know. You go into your tax. We've recently done our taxes. And it's like, how much do you make? Well, how much do you make? Oh, I'm just storing up treasure in heaven. <laughs> Is there a tax bracket for that? Yes. Yeah, or a write-off? There should be. I'm looking at the big picture, the long game, the end game. So I will tell you what my dad told me. He said, you can never put a dollar value on saving a soul. Oh, oh okay, Dad, you win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, you know, so often we get caught up in the numbers even when we do ministry events or you're going, and I always say, if I am here, if there's 20 people here mm-hmm. or 2,000 or 20,000, it doesn't matter. If I'm here for one person, that's what Jesus did. then that's what matters. Then yeah. that's why I'm here. That's right. You want those people. So this too shall pass. Eh, maybe. But it well, it actually will eventually pass when you die, die and move on to you. heaven. Because some things will not pass. Yeah. But it, it got confused with the it came to pass. So how about God helps those who help themselves? So oh. I would probably use this if I were passing some a beggar on the street. Mm. Or, yeah, I think that would be the time that I use that. Or someone that complained a lot. I would just um, excuse myself from doing what I was supposed to do by saying, oh, well, God helps those who help themselves. So if they were trying, then God would help them. It's so, right? Oh, it's a good excuse, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think of all of them, this is the one that I would pick. Where If we could just take this one out completely and no one would ever use it again take that would... notes take notes get your pen and paper this is one thing you cannot say at just... least not in the presence of Allison Kane. well we just you know oh it's it, it just contradicts everything of of what we're supposed to do as the church and disciples um, of Jesus and it is hard because I know that there's a delicate balance between healthy boundaries you can't you know do something for someone so much and they're not trying to do anything for themselves. But that's a whole nother podcast too. Then they're done that. Right. Whole nother podcast. But you <laughs> I think Christians use this as an excuse. To like do nothing. To do nothing. Yes. Like you know nothing about the person on the corner. You know, you know nothing that's asking for money. You know nothing about that person with addiction. You or you know if they have any family support or what their background was or if they have a mental illness. And actually, God calls us mm. as we're the hands and feet. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. We're the church. We are the ones who are supposed to be out there doing the things for Jesus. When He's like. Uh, when we say to God, where are you in this? Where are you in the, the hunger mm-hmm. that's in the world? Where are you in the homeless situations? How could a God that's so good allow these things to happen, yeah. right? And you know what I think he's saying? I think he's like, where are you, mm. yeah. Allison? Where are you, Melissa? What are you doing? 
because you're my people. Yeah. At least you say you are. I have, right. At least you say you are. And what are you doing for the least of these? What are you doing for those? Are you just out there saying, oh, ain't nobody got time for that? Um, God helps those who who help themselves. Is it in Matthew 28 where he says, um, for what you've done for the least of these, you've done for me? uh, I think it's in Matthew 28. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. But, you know, in Romans 5 8, he says, God proved his love for us while we were still sinners mm. by sending Jesus to die for us. Thank goodness he didn't wait for us to help ourselves. Word. I'm bringing that <laughs> back, by the way. I'm counting on all of y'all to help me. <laughs> Word. But you know, he did that for us so that we would see his example of love and grace and that we could spend eternity with him in heaven and so in the meantime we are to be his hands and feet and to get out there so god helps those who help themselves is not a phrase we should ever use yeah it is, i looked it up it's in matthew 25 where it says you know whatever you've done for the least of these you've done for me but also probably whatever you have not done you have not done for me do you ever think about, sometimes I think about those years where I was, that decade where in my life where I was um, so covered up with guilt and shame from past decisions. Um, it was just a decade for you? <laughs> well, that the guilt and shame had me shackled, right? Yeah, yeah. Until I released it. I'm not perfect now, but I've given, I've truly accepted that I'm forgiven for those things. But I know that I was useless to God during Mm. that. And I think, how many times did I miss out on being your plan A to help somebody, Mm. you know, because we are his plan A. I think with his people, he's like, you're my plan A people. Right. Right. Like he'll get it done. He'll get the job done. He's God. But we get so much satisfaction and our trust and faith grows so much when we can be a part of God's plan, or at least that's what I've experienced. And it's like, I want to, if you've called me to be plan A, I I don't want to miss out on that. I don't want you to have to go to plan B, God, because, you know, then somebody else gets to bless the socks off someone and not in a prideful way, but in a, hey, Thanks, God, for letting me be a part of your plan to help this person. I love that you said that. It's going to take a little um, left turn. I'm not sure if we have time for one. But um, I will say that um, saying that you're plan A, I remember at one point not really sure what God wanted me to do with my life. Um, and I said, God, what am I supposed to do for you? Mm-hmm. And I wanted this big calling, and I wanted it to be really clear, and I wanted... I don't know, I wanted to be spelled in the clouds or something, but that's not really how God works all the time, right? Uh, and I had read a book by Jenny Allen. I don't remember the name of it, but it was like you can, you know, she was talking about her journey and how she eventually found the if gathering. And I was like, yes. But the truth is, the plan A is not always big and loud and on a stage. That's plan right. Plan A is sometimes going to your neighbor and just knocking on the door if you haven't seen him for a little while and saying hi or bringing some cookies or um, sometimes a plan A is literally seeing someone in the grocery store that doesn't feel well and saying a nice compliment to them and saying, hey, I really like that shirt on you. I cannot tell you how many times I've done something so small like that 
and had the person stop dead in their tracks and say, I really needed to hear that today. I'm with you. So the plan yeah. A isn't always big and loud. No, it's not. For, for me, often, it is sending a card. I still write cards. I, I still send cards. cards <laughs> I still use snail mail. I think there's something so special. I mean, I probably send 10 to 15 cards a month. Oh, wow. Whoever the Lord has kind of put on my heart or in my life at that time, you know, it just varies. And I'll just, I'll keep a list and then, you know, kind of pray about it and see. It is amazing to me how many times I'll send, people will be on my heart that I haven't seen in a while, and I'll just send them a card, and I'll get a text or a phone call or an email, and they're like, you have no idea. This is why I was on your heart. This has been going on. You have no idea what this card means to me. And I'm like, it sounds hokey, but I'm like, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. That was God. Like, he put you on my mind. And But what if I didn't send the card? Right. Which would be, you know, easier just to pass it up, maybe Netflix binge or something or play a game on my phone or whatever else. But I miss out on being an answered prayer to someone who is sitting on the other end of that card going, oh my gosh, God, I have been praying and I'm feeling so lonely and all this is going on. Where are you? And then a card from you comes. And then a card. Yeah, and so the power in that is, again, not in a prideful way, but in a, wow, humbling, you can still use me, God, like in my imperfect, unworthy way, you know, in your eyes, I can do these things for you, and that's simple, I can handle it. You know what's awesome? You don't have to have a college degree to write a card. Nope. You don't have to go to seminary school. Nope. You don't have to work at a church. You got that right. You don't even have to know the entire Bible. That's right. To make a phone call, send a text. Take a bowl uh, of soup. Yeah. That's right. To a neighbor. Check in on them. That's right. Yeah. So, um, speaking of tough things that people go through, that last one Yeah. that we're going to tackle that people say all the time. <laughs> God will never give you more than you can handle. That's what I used to always say. Well, then he thinks way too highly of me. I have seen that before, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, you know, he actually does give us more than we can handle. Let's be honest. If it wasn't more than we could handle, why would we need him? Exactly. (laughs) We cannot handle the truth. (laughs) That's a good movie. Good movie line. You know, I mean, exactly. We would just go on about business. We wouldn't need him. And I think it is in those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I, I got nothing. Right. I need you. You know, and sometimes there's, I call it the illusion of control. The illusion of, That's you know, being right. able, oh, it's, oh, yeah, such an illusion. The illusion of being able to handle these things on our own. I've tried to handle things on my own. How'd that work out for you? Not too good. Now I'm terrified right. not to follow God's way because I know exactly how it's going to end in a big debacle. And I'm going to have to start all over, and I'm going to hurt people's feelings, and it's just going to be a mess, right? And so now I'm like, dear Lord, please slap me in the face with an answer. Make sure I'm taking the right way, the way that you want me to do it, because I do not want to have to do this the hard way. I'm known for having to learn the hard way. Oh, I think we all are, but honestly, sometimes I think we consider, you know, this one's not a big deal. I know how to handle this. Or... 
being who we are in this day and age, we just know that we can fix it. I'm a fixer. Mm-hmm. And so when um, my husband was unhappy at work, I can fix this. You just quit your job and I'll go get a job. That's clearly right. what I should go do because I can fix this. I'm a fixer. Watch me do this, babe. I got you. That is not what God wanted because no one learns from that. That's right. We learned that I can go to work, but was that helpful? <laughs> That's not what God wanted us to learn. We missed the message. <laughs> we patch it up. And miss, right, yeah. miss out on the plan. I know there have been times when I'm going through something and it is like, I really, I'm like, please do not let me forget these lessons that I'm learning because I do not want to have to repeat this lesson. Yeah. Please, I cannot do this without you. <laughs> this is way more than I can handle. Please step up and step in. Yeah. You know, and he always shows up. So the verse that this, sort of correlates with is um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you are able to bear it. And so that that's the key. We are able because he provides a way for us to bear it. It's not more than we can do. It's more, it, it's not that. Or it's not more than he can handle. It's more than we can handle. Right, but with him, he it's, has the He's got out, it. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, I have um, had enough instances where God has shown up, and as I call it, shown off, that I don't want to answer it because my answer is going to be so much less than what God has in store. I know he's I love how he shows off sometimes with these incredible answers that I would have never considered and they're way better than I than my than my really great plan I thought that I had (laughs) um I thought my plan was perfect um (laughs) but his is always better yeah and there's so many times that I've been through difficult things where I look back and I'm like that was really hard and that actually sucked yeah not gonna lie but if I had to do it over again, I would do it because of what I learned and because of the power and the faithfulness that I lived out through you, God. Right. You carried me, and I don't ever want to forget or dismiss the power and the love that you showed me to carry me through that. And the people around you. Because the people around yes. you know, oh, well, she can't do this on her own. And then God pulls through. And they know that had to be from God and not from you, right? That's right. With me all day long. Like, there is no way that Melissa pulled that off. You're right. God did. It's a, it's a beautiful testament to who, to who he is and his power. Yeah. So, what have you heard that's in the Bible? Or so you think it's in the Bible. Mm. And you're wondering, is that really in the Bible? Or what does the Bible really say about that? I say you check it out for yourself. Yeah. Try to find it. If you have hard questions, message us at thecenterandthesaint.com. Thanks for joining us today. See you next time.